Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. If you have thyroid eye disease and the bags under your eyes are looking more like purses, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. I am so excited to be welcoming Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson to the Podcast One family. I'd say it like Mike Tyson, but only Mike can do Mike. Listen, as Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet, pours his soul into conversations with fascinating minds, celebrities, and athletes, along with his cosmic millennial sidekick, how about that, and former NFLer, Eden Britton, Kid Dynamite dives deep into the issues impacting us all today. This podcast will change the way you see the world. Don't miss Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It is uh, the pre-Thanksgiving, the hump day. Never has hump day meant more <laughs> hump day than it does the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because that's send. the day that everyone uh, goes back home and um, goes out and sees people that they don't want to see. They think they want to see them. Then they see them like, ah, actually, maybe not. They get like, they as get, cool as I thought it would be. They get wasted on the, and then play football the next day. True. Morning. Or you stay in Cincinnati. And uh, we're going to have a fantastic time. I'm pretty pretty excited. We've got... Palm souffle season. <laughs> we've got uh, some great football games tomorrow. That'll be fun. We're going to talk about those. We're going to also talk about um, a little Super Bowl future action. And then we're going to get into um, the Thanksgiving games and then the Sunday games. So that if you are sitting at home today with family, hopefully not. Hopefully you get to wait till tomorrow. But if you're sitting at home tomorrow or Friday... Or you're like waiting in line, God forbid, at like some store for Black Friday. I hope none of our listeners do that, by the way. But if you yeah. do, we're here for you. Savage. We are here for you. So we actually wrote two articles this week. We did a Thanksgiving Day um, article. And the funny thing was that all the lines moved. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> Tried to write them. We'll early. talk about that when the game comes up. But yeah, it's a frustrating part of this. Let's, let's do this. I'm very curious about if we went on football Twitter. And you had to uh, power rank the optimal Thanksgiving Day uh, guests. Over to, you're having them over to your house. You got to cook for them. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Let's do top three and then bottom two. Oh, no. <laughs> well, the problem is... Let's send some people. The problem is, is that um, I, I don't... I'm not as good of a cook as the first person I'm going to put, which is obviously like Josh Hermsmeyer, our friend, who is a far more accomplished cook than than I would be. Um, But yeah, he's a really fun person to hang out with. And I think would like he would be like 
along the same lines as me as like saying whatever's on his mind and it would make for a fun uh, okay. get together. What about you? Let's do snake draft. So is that your third? The thing is that we're going to have similar people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'm just, I'm going to say all of the, the, all of my three are in cluster one unranked. That's not how this works. Okay. So Josh is number three. Uh, well, I guess I, since I picked him first, let's just go with that. Yeah. This is important. Order matters. Uh, number three for me is, um, and this is tough because I really thought about the order here and like optimal situation of who could come to, you know, come to my place and, uh, and actually add value. So number three is Evan Silva. And Evan Silva is number three for this reason and this reason only. <laughs> Entertainment. I know that he is going to bring a lot of entertainment. He'll probably bring some good booze. And it's not going to be you worry about people coming over who are going to be like dull and timid. Not him. So Evan Silva is number three for me. Yeah, he's uh, a full send uh, type of person in a situation like that. Um, Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to go second is is a is a good friend of mine who, again, uh, would also like just because I'm like a huge football guy. Right. I like watching football, regardless of whether or not it's like Detroit, Chicago with with uh, David Blow at quarterback or Mississippi against Mississippi State. I'm going to go with my buddy Matt Collar because he's he would be there with me to watch those games because he, like me, is indiscriminate about his football viewing. What's and he's a is he a cook? He's not really a cook, is he? No, no. Um, the first like some the first like five times me and Matt hung out, we went to Culver's. I don't know what that is. Culver's is like a like think about Culver's is like the Chipotle of like burger places. So it's like better than obviously McDonald's, but it's also like you know you know fast cash. Does it have the same? Uh, you have the same repercussions. <laughs> not as Chipotle. No, as Chipotle. Uh, all right. Um, number two for me is, um, this is tough. Uh, number two for me is going to be, uh, Kevin Clark of the ringer. Okay. uh, The reason I'm going to put him on this list is that he's a multi-sport guy. Like he can talk about things other than football. Mm -hmm. Um, and the ringers in LA. So that would mean I'm having Thanksgiving in Los Angeles. And so I was trying to think of someone that's out there um, in L.A. Plus, he's a funny dude. Yeah. I appreciate his Twitter humor. Okay. Um, my, yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I, I'm sort of torn here. Obviously, our guy Ben Baldwin would be fun to, to watch football with. Um, but after this last week, I feel like he would just be making fun of me the entire time for thinking that Aaron Rodgers was, you know, still elite. So it'd be like having me over. Yeah, exactly. So and he might be very well your your third choices or your first choice in this case as well. Um, so I I'm not going to go uh, with Ben, even though he, he certainly came to my mind. I'm going to go. And this is a guy who. I've I've been on his I've been, I've hosted shows with him probably thirty times and I've never gotten to meet him in person. Um, my friend Jason Brown, you know, who runs uh, Climbing the Pocket, uh, just just an all around great guy, and I feel like somebody who 
you know, you, you want to, you want to hang out with people who tell you the same jokes and you, yep. you like they get the same jokes as you. And I feel like he and I would, would, um, uh, share the similar jokes. So yeah, Jason Brown would be one uh, that I would number really one. enjoy. All right, number yeah. one was easy for me. This is a lock. This was number one. Number two and three were tough. I had to cut some people out. But number one is Josh Hermsmeyer, and it's not close. <laughs> it is not even close because the most important thing about Thanksgiving is that someone that comes over appreciates good food. Josh would not only contribute, he would appreciate and here's the most important part. He would not bring me a shitty bottle of wine, which is my least favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You come over to my place, you bring me crappy alcohol, and it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. I'm just going to put it over here in the corner. Oh, thanks for this $20 yeah. bottle of tequila. Let me go pour it out uh, and then put the bottle there so it looks like I drank it. Um, so I know he would bring, if I wanted him to help cook, Yeah, he would help. If I didn't, he would bring great alcohol. Um, and he's got... a a sense of humor that is not overwhelming yeah but would fit in well so it was uh, such a, it was hard to, for me. it was hard to drill it down to 3 cuz there's so many like I, you know Sean Lee you know all these people oh, all these, a lot of great people a lot of great people so it, it's hard to like speaking of great people it's hard to it's hard to shrink it down do, bottom two. Does Ben make your list as a bottom person because he would just rip on us the whole time We're going to find out but you're going first <sighs> Um Man. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's my first one, and I think he qualifies. Okay. okay. Um, you remember when uh, uh, a certain relative of mine came to the office and started to talk your ear off yes. about the the uh, yep. the unquantifiable things that uh, we Can't don't quantify? Them. Yep. I feel like having Thanksgiving dinner with Booger McFarland would be that in that like the entire time I'm stuck there watching football with somebody who's just over talking. You have to respect him. He's your guest. He, you have to, you have to, but he makes you want to choke somebody, right? I actually thought about Booger. Booger does not make my list. And here's why I am pretty confident that Booger and I could just have a good time. Just be like, look, we, I don't know, man, we both want to eat. Booger loves to eat. Mm-hmm. I love to eat. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't need to argue about football. We could just enjoy the games and eat. And so for that reason, Booger almost made my top three. My bottom two, number two, is a combo. It is if I had to have Ben Baldwin and Steve Palazzolo over at the same time. And they were fighting. Because that would be, I like both of them individually, but them together is so annoying and awful and terrible that it makes me want to take Twitter off of my phone. Um, and it's and I don't know that either of them. I think they would know that each other were coming over and they just forget to bring anything. They'd show up empty handed and just immediately start arguing on. It'd be awful. So I, that is my uh, that's number two for me. Who's number one? The um, person you least want to come over for Thanksgiving. This is so hard. Um, I'm going to go with bets. Okay. <laughs> Why? Well, because bets, bets has this way of like making me very self-conscious about how much I, I understand or don't understand football. Oh, interesting. And so he would be the exact opposite of Booger. So like Booger would reinforce that. I think we're on the right side of all these discussions uh-huh. and bets, bets makes me self doubt myself enough that like he's, he's 
very valuable to talk to like day to day, but in a setting where I'm just trying to enjoy the day, I don't feel like constantly wondering if I'm an idiot. I, I agree. I, I like that one. I like that. So he's funny. Um, here is a question for you. Does Darren Ravel count? Uh, yeah, I think he, he does. Like gambling and betting a lot. Well, that's like his job, right? So it's, yeah. Darren Ravel would be number one for me. It's not even close. The only person that comes close, and this was my backup if you said Darren Ravel doesn't count, would be Greg Gabe. Greg Gabe would smell. He'd bring nothing. He has horrible opinions. It'd be absolutely awful. I would just just go full send on Greg Gabe. I just leave. I'd go have Thanksgiving somewhere else. Greg Gabe would be talking to you about the XFL and like how and how like it's the next greatest thing, which like I know you have zero time for zero. I I would feel I would be angry that I was having to give him some of the food that I had prepared well. Well, you know what you would also be upset about would be. The fact that you know the Bears are going to dr- drop kick the Lions on on yeah. Thursday, and he's going to be like, "See, Mitch is a winner, right?" Yeah. All right, those were our football Thanksgiving guests power rankings. Let's talk Super Bowl because we got a question from the dark web. Web um, brought okay. to you by Samporanta. It's a sparkling water for men. By the way, if you are a man out there, Thanksgiving, and you were looking for something to drink, you know, White Claw's all the all the rage, but actually. This is what you want. Sambo Ranta was there before White Claw. Let's True. not forget. True. Um, and the question from the dark web is this. At A.A. Ronius, Aaron Franklin says, is there a statistical model that can be applied to the peaking too early theories? You did some research. I did. And, and, I, and all of these things, you know, when you whip up this analysis as fast as we did, are going to be subject to some biases, right? Like endpoints and all that kind of stuff. But... I just looked at um, basically the top three teams in our ELO ranking through 12 weeks, which is where we're currently at. And it was interesting because, you know, when you look at, like, let's say the top two teams, only six of them have, like, basically, you know, won the Super Bowl that were, you know, top two team. And you look at back at last season, for example, the top two teams in our ELO ranking at this particular point in time were New Orleans and Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, neither of whom won to New England, who ultimately sort of like kind of messed around all year and, and won the Super Bowl. Um, in t- 2017, it was New England and Atlanta who were our top two teams for that point in time. Atlanta was sort of surging at the time. Again, neither one uh, won the Super Bowl. But you even go back to like previous seasons, like, you know, um, for example, like you look at 2007, the Giants weren't even like a top 10 team in the league by the, at this point in time, and they ended up creeping up. Same with 2011. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those where obviously the better teams you know, right now have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about with Super Bowl futures. Um, but there is this idea of like, okay, if you expend too much of your like edge at this point in time, people are going to catch up to it. And we're seeing that you know, with Baltimore – like there's probably a bunch of bullets they have left in the chamber, but we're already seeing some of the things that they're employing that are just like being cheat codes now that the smart teams will figure out by the time it gets to January. Yeah. So I had two thoughts on this. The first was exactly what you said, which is that if you are doing really well and you are unique in some way, teams are going to be preparing yeah. to stop you. But I think the sneaky part of this is that teams that are doing well right now, there's a good chance that they have had good injury luck. And that there's a, well, 
look, if I have injuries that happen in the middle of the season, I can recover by the end yep. of the season. But if I have an injury that happens at the end of the season, then I, I might not be able to recover, right? So I think that, that would be a reason for peak, why a team might be peaking too early. Not necessarily that they're actually playing too yeah, well yeah, yeah. for their own good, but that regression is coming. Yeah, And regression is undefeated, right? And, and, that's, and that's another thing is like, you know, when you look at Baltimore, there are just... They're playing extremely well, but they're also running good. Like they're they're getting lucky. They're you know they're they're getting lucky in some spots that they wouldn't be getting lucky in later on. And and so, um, you know, it's it's better to be lucky and good. And it's but it's not sustainable. And and that's basically what you know I think we're seeing here with some of these teams, including San Francisco, including uh, you know Baltimore. Um, and what we're not seeing necessarily in a team like Kansas City, right? Which is a yeah. team that like I think a lot of people are sleeping on. Because they've had the injuries and everything that you were talking about, which which they can recover from now. If they have the same injuries, if Tyreek Hill gets hurt, uh, Eric Fisher get hurt, Mahomes get hurt now, they'd be screwed, right? right? But they got hurt earlier in the season, and that's why I think even though they're under underdogs to get a bye in the first round of the AFC playoffs, they might be more, they might be a better value to win the Super Bowl than people indicate. Can I tell you something kind of crazy about Baltimore? What's that? So Baltimore is scoring on a league high 35 percent of their drives scoring touchdowns yeah right um no scoring I okay think. uh yeah i think so um maybe i did this wrong but uh regardless it's higher yeah much higher whether it's scoring touchdowns or scoring at all i believe it was just scoring um and the uh crazy thing about it is that they are not getting great starting field position their starting field position is like league average, if yeah. not a little worse. And if you look at a team like the Niners, they've had 23 drives start in opponent's territory. The Ravens had 11. But the Ravens are scoring on like 10% more of their drives than the Niners are. Their, their ability to just matriculate the ball down the field is nuts. Well, and, and it's, it's to the point of like if you're the Rams, for example, and you get in a fourth and short situation at your own side of the field, you're like, well, I mean, we can't get the ball right back to Lamar Jackson in our own territory. It's like, well, you have just as good. And honestly, it's worse if they get the ball at their own 20 and take seven minutes off the game and right, then score right, seven right. points on you than if they were just to score quickly and give you the ball back. Um, I think it's Sorry, di- that is touchdown percentage. It, it, it's interesting. Field position, I think, matters when an offense sucks. When an offense is great, I don't think it matters a bit. Yeah. You, know, you, know, mo- you know, obviously it does, but like to the degree that people care, like your opportunity to convert a fourth down if you're the opposing team more than makes up for the field position you gain by punting. So, yes, I will correct myself. That was scoring a touchdown uh, on 35 percent of their, drives. which is un- unbelievable. It's I nuts. Mean, the so the the Chiefs last year were higher than them. Uh, by like a couple of a tenths of a percent or whatever. But that's the fourth highest uh, yeah. since two, since 2006. And they're a team that runs the ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Which yeah. is really funny. They have the best expected points added per pass play um, in the NFL this season. Uh, all right. So if you have to bet on one team to win the Super Bowl right now, who are you taking? Uh, yeah, I, th- I said New Orleans last week, so I'm going to change. I'm going to actually go with Minnesota 20 to 1. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I And I have not been obviously the biggest viking supporter but uh, makes sense it makes sense i mean look at what the packers looked like last week yeah the only issue with the packers is they face they go to detroit week 17 to face david below minnesota on the road is their toughest game if minnesota wins out and green bay sorry if minnesota like were to finish with 
with one one they they finished with the same record as Green Bay. The Packers have a decided edge in terms of tiebreakers because um, the division record for Green Bay is better. Minnesota has lost not only to Green Bay once, but also Chicago. Yep. And, you know, Green Bay would have swept Chicago, Detroit and split with Minnesota. So they would get the division title and having to go on the road three times is tough. Green Bay's upcoming schedule is like New York Giants, Washington Redskins, uh, Chicago Bears, Detroit, Minnesota. They yep. could very well be, be terrible and still finish the season four and one. The remaining Minnesota Green Bay game is in Minnesota, in Minnesota on the day before Christmas Eve. Yep. On Minnesota. Monday, Monday night. Now, we saw Aaron Rodgers look despondent. Like he, he legitimately looked. I think I look this way sometimes. Tell me if this is uh, accurate self-awareness. Sometimes I look like I would rather be anywhere but where I am. Is that fair? Yeah, I okay. think both of us have have a tough poker face. Not, not a good poker face sometimes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers looked like he would rather be in literally. He'd literally be. He looked like he'd rather on, be on a date with his girlfriend Danica Patrick than. Uh, okay, that's mean um, and rude. And Danica Patrick is a nice lady. He looked like he'd rather be spending Antarctica, you know, time in Antarctica than uh, on that field in San Francisco. So I. And Kirk Cousins, I think Sam uh, Monson tweeted this out. He's like the highest graded quarterback since week three. So I, I like that a lot. I would go with, um, unfortunately, uh, New Orleans. Um, actually, I think New England at three to one would be the. Yeah, you're getting better payout. But at this point, it's hard to to um, discount. Now, the interesting thing, we've always said, okay, New England's a value to win the Super Bowl. New England's a value to win the Super Bowl. Even though these markets are correlated, sometimes they don't match. And this is the first week that I've looked at this where New England to win the AFC is actually a value now at plus 125. And of course, that's all because of Baltimore, right? Mm -hmm. Baltimore is is taking, uh, I think, the market by storm here. You know, New England was better than better than even money to win the AFC all the way until this week. And now... Um, we still we have them at plus one sixteen. They're plus one twenty five. That's a pretty good value uh, as well. There are a uh, couple uh, that I like, not um, conference but division. Yeah, um, I really like Dallas minus two hundred because I think Philly is a disaster. Yeah, we would make it more like minus four hundred, which I think is a little low on Philly. But but I I agree if you're willing to lay two to one to. But here's the one I like most: Seattle. Plus one sixty, and we talked about that last they week have as well. An easier but, schedule. The Niners are fre- that everyone is high on them. They think they can now beat the Ravens and the Saints because they beat the Packers. And I, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. They're a big, big underdog to Baltimore. We're going to talk about that game. Um, and Seattle has that Week 17 game at home and a much easier schedule. If you want a couple, a couple of these things, obviously, if you went Minnesota to win the Super Bowl, Seattle to win the NFC West, the since they play this week, yep. You're going to get the better end of. You're going to get one of those to move in your direction, and since they're po- both plus money bets, might be might be something w- worth doing. Yeah, you're right about the Seahawks. Their upcoming schedule um, pretty favorable. Minnesota at home is a tough game. Rams on the road does not look like a tough game anymore. Panthers on the road again. You know, with Kyle Allen, yeah, I think you get a good game from them, but still probably a game the Seahawks should win. Cardinals at home, and then and then 49ers at home probably will determine the fate of that bet all righty you ready to get into this okay so thanksgiving slate the um morning ish game depends when you wake up uh chicago at detroit so no stafford now jeff driscoll is a is a question mark and i argued 
for the fact that if Jeff Driscoll can play and he can't run as well, it might actually help because he just has to say, hey, who should I throw the ball up to? Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Mm -hmm. Those two guys are great, and they're at home, and Mitch Trubisky's on the road, and it's Thanksgiving morning, and his coach whispered sweet nothings into his ear just a few weeks ago and all you know was terrible and then they just squeaked by the new york giants which doesn't really matter yeah i would argue though that the detroit just lost to washington which is again something they're capable of um oh, it's that bad yeah in the, in this game so just a little bit to talk about what our process is when this when this game opened we talked about this on our, our monday morning podcast it was detroit plus one we talked about that. He said, okay, you know, we, we pondered what that meant. And then by the time it came to looking at what our model had for, you know, writing up games this week, not a whole lot of value on the, on the two later games. This game had some value at, the, at Chicago minus two and a half and also Chicago on the money line. These have both moved out. So when we filed our article with, with our editor yesterday, we, we had Chicago minus two and a half. It's now minus three and a half. Basically, if you can get minus three and a half at minus one hundred five, it's a break-even bet. So we're still gonna we're still gonna have it on the on the on the article. But again, you're you're getting the worst of the number here. I think. Um, I don't think it moves appreciably if it comes out that Driscoll's not going to start and David Blow's going to start in his spot. I don't think that that's. I think that that's baked into the movement right now. Um, if you like Chicago, you might you might be able to wait and if you get positive news on Driscoll. To get the number back to minus three, that might be you know preferable. But right now, um, that's that's really you know sort of what we're going to go with. Um, total on this game thirty eight. Let's move down and like I see thirty eight and I go, come on, yeah, you got to take the over. But dude, the Bears offensively are just a trash fire, and the Lions. I would actually if they if Driscoll doesn't start, I kind of like the chances of you know a defensive touchdown yeah. here or there, but. Man, it's tough. I bet there's going to be a lot of money on the under. Detroit, Detroit's three receivers and tight end are good. Are among the league's best group, I think. Um, yeah. Even though Hawkinson's been kind of a disappointment since week one. Galladay Jones, uh, Galladay and Jones have combined for the most contested catches and the most yeah. deep catches of any duo. So and that and that will help if they just tell, hey, David Blow, look, you're you're throwing uh, you're throwing Yolo balls all game. Yeah. Um, that's that's what your role is here. So. I don't know. Chicago is still, so we wrote this up in the article, Chicago is only giving up one-tenth of one yard more per play than last year. Last year was good enough for second in the league. This year it's sixth. This season they're 14th in turnover per drive You know, yep. per drive generated. Last year they were first, right? So when we talk about betting the Bears' win total under, the defensive regression is not talent or process. It's results, which are defensively very noisy, and we're exactly seeing that with the Bears. Last season's game, the Bears had to start their backup they won and covered based upon a defensive touchdown at the very end uh, of the game on Matthew Stafford I can see you know they're still playing very well defensively and I could see them either with this total going over or uh, them covering the spread doing so with defensive and special teams touchdowns given the fact that they're uh, you know Cordero Patterson's the best kick return in the league as well okay once we get to Cordero Patterson being a reason it is time to move on and the Bills-Cowboys game takes on a new flavor now because we talked about this on Monday, but I, the Cowboys could have lost by this score or by this margin to New England in New England in, in a multitude of ways that would not have us talking about 
well, Jason Garrett should be fired. Like mm-hmm. all of these, you know, Jerry Jones kind of having a conniption in front of the media left and right about his coaching staff. The way that they lost New England was so many little things, all this, you know, these kind of coaching matters uh, aspects of the game. At the same time, they had two tripping calls called on them, which has like never happened before. And that may very well have been the reason that they ended up losing that game. So now they play the Bills and this takes on kind of a new feeling because of the surrounding components of that New England loss. Dallas has to win this game. And I think that's baked into the number, right? It's why it's six and a half, even after they just lost uh, to New England without scoring an offensive touchdown. So Green Line has this basically, you know, break even. Um, It's been moving around. So get yourself an elite subscription so you can see what happens, you know, should it move. Uh, But at six and a half, you have to take one side of this. Which one are you going with? Yeah, I take Buffalo. I mean, um, I think Josh. Well, so. Josh Allen to me is somebody who I've doubted quite a bit, and um, and it, and while I still don't like him long term for the Bills, I think he does. I think they do enough things to make him comfortable enough for him to have some success. Um, and that's throwing to Cole Beasley, former you know Cole Beasley revenge game to, uh, tomorrow. Um, that's you know throwing to the tight ends underneath. That's going over the top to John Brown, who's been one of the best free agent signings in the entire league. So I think the Bills do enough offensively, especially against a Dallas team that in the coverage is not as good as they were last year, especially at the linebacker position. And I think the Bills defense is very good and they do things that make it hard to play offense. They're physical up front defensively. Their linebackers move extremely well and their defensive backfield is one of the best in the NFL. And I think that that's what it takes to beat a team like Dallas, who is one of the best teams in the NFL in terms of expected points. You know, I added in the past game, um, you know, they've regressed, I think, substantially since early part of the season. But I think like Kellen Moore does a pretty good job of calling plays. Uh, I I like Buffalo here for some of, the, you know, for some of those like edge case reasons. And while I don't necessarily think they'll win the game outright, I think that they'll keep it close enough just cover the spread yeah defense doesn't matter uh what mattered in that new england game was that dallas had never seen rain and they're playing in dallas and i think this is going to be uh that's going to be a game changer for them amari cooper is not going to have zero catches right stavon gilmore tredavious white's great but there's he's also not a man corner he's his own corner right plays own yeah thank you sorry uh, so he will be. They will be able to exploit the the Bills defense. It's not a just oh one good defense to the next. They're going to have the same result. It's a different, uh, totally different setup. And Josh Allen is just such a worse quarterback than Dak Prescott. They both can run the ball just fine, but when it comes to throwing the ball, it's a total disaster. Well, for Buffalo. Josh Allen runs like Moe's Schrute, so it's. it's uh... I mean, the only the only. Um, quarterbacks with a uh uh only quarterback playing this week with like a lower pff grade per snap is like mitch trubisky so but they but they do a good job i think of not accentuating his flaws right that's over the past couple of years by the way um sure but the flaws that he has will not enable them to score enough points to win this game okay uh and so i think dallas comes out and wins by a touchdown that's why i like six and a half okay Dak Prescott, baby, don't let me down. Let's talk about our favorite team, though. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna be here. 
watching this game, so I uh-huh. really hope this is a good game. It was six and a half. Saints are now seven-point favorites in Atlanta with they're trying to make a Thanksgiving Day tradition for some unknown, ungodly Please reason. don't. The Falcons can no longer make the playoffs, so this is their Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you not take the plus seven? Um... <laughs> that nothing like the the famous last words is has have always been why not just take the Falcons? Yep. So, um, no, I mean New Orleans banged up. New Orleans is banged up a little bit. They they were scared last week in terms of uh, you know the the um, Carolina Panthers gave them a game that I don't think they expected to give them. I do think you know you look at that number. Um, with the Saints being nine and a half point favorites against Carolina, and you know that sort of implying that they're basically a touchdown favorite, um, maybe six point favorite, uh, and a neutral field against Carolina, a team that Atlanta just beat, and then now they're laying seven on the road. I do think it's a little hefty of a price, but um, I don't know here. I think I think I think it, there's just too many things that go wrong with Atlanta here, but. I don't know. I, I wouldn't bet this game myself. Fair, but you got to pick one. Yeah, so okay, so I'll lay the points with New Orleans. I'll take the other side of This is Thanksgiving. Yeah. You don't have options here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't be like, ah, oh, I'm going to wait. Nope, this is your only option. Uh, this is the Super Bowl for the Falcons. So getting seven at home. The, the Julio Jones uh, injury thing, I think, is driving this uh, to seven. And, hey, maybe if you wait around, you can get seven and a half. Um but uh, he's one player that does move the line, I would say. He absolutely moves the line. But here's the thing is that um, that the Falcons sometimes, I think, do rely on Julio a little too much. I think he actually plays. I don't think he's not going to play. Like I said, this is Super Bowl. By the way, do you know how to mute? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Uh <laughs> All right, whatever. It's the Falcons. Don't take the Falcons. Don't be an idiot. I think. I think. Let me be the idiot. Let me take this on for you. Let me take this yeah, yeah, yeah. on for you. God, what I, I, I honestly think if you look at the underlying metrics, for example, Atlanta's a better passing team than New Orleans this season. Um, okay, we need to move on with EPA and all that kind stop. of stuff. But it, it's just, just it's stop. the Falcons, man. It's the Falcons, man. You can't do it. Jeez, I can't believe you just said that. I'm trying to convince myself not to. It's like walking up to someone trying to quit smoking and be like, hey, man, want one? Yeah, it doesn't. Hey, buddy, you heard of this thing called uh, uh, e-cig? They're healthy for you. Oh, All man. the vegans are doing it. Oh, my gosh. I I have a I have a Cincy Y story for oh you, by gosh. the way. Excited. All right. uh, let's go on to Sunday. So we're going to discuss um, the good games and run through the crappy games and hopefully try and, and pick a lock of the week. Uh, our lock of the week last week, we're not even going to discuss. Baltimore goes uh, back home after going to Los Angeles and just destroying the Rams on Monday night. They play the Niners, who also destroyed a team in California on Sunday night uh, in the Green Bay Packers. Which win was more impressive? What the Ravens did or what the Niners did? Ravens. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I think the Niners sputtered a little bit offensively. Like, the Niners, like should have been up by I mean the Niners actually had to punt a few times okay they're both I mean it's a splitting hairs but they both had to punt like the uh, the Niners struggled to protect Garoppolo on a few drives um, 
and and the Ravens struggled at nothing. Yeah, the Ravens. We talked about the speed of the Rams being good for them. Turns out it was just terrible. The Rams are an undisciplined defense, and that's like the worst thing you can be against the Ravens. I mean, yeah. it was it was comical. Brute. The Green Bay Packers had some players that we knew were going to cause the Niners some issues. Yeah. especially on the edge and the Niners were still able to put up points. George Kittle came back from injury and was dominant. Um, so I, I do think they were both very impressive to me. The Ravens, like I think I tweeted this out. The Packers ran on third and 13 uh, on their first or second drive. So they gave up right from the beginning. Like if you do that, you are giving up. You say, I have no shot at winning this game. Yep. I am punting for sure on my second possession. Peace out. See you guys later. Where you guys? I'm gonna get an early start to the bar. What do you guys want? A couple gin and tonics. You want a pitcher? Oh my god! <laughs> I'll put it on my tab, man. Don't worry about it. Welcome. I mean, it was embarrassing. So, to me, that that was more a little bit more about the Rams and the Ravens. Just do what they do, which is pile on. Whereas for the Packers, it was like, hey, this is a chance to get home field. This is a big game to show that you're not a joke, that you can beat some real competition. They did not. The Ravens are now six-point favorites at home. So do you think that – I think the market seems to agree with you that the Ravens game was far more impressive than the Niners game. And that's why, for this reason, if I had to take one side of this game, I would take the Niners. Yeah, I, and we we had we don't show value on this game right now, but it but when it was a moment in time yesterday when it creeped up to six and a half, mm-hmm. and that is a bettable number. Mm-hmm. If you can get a six and a half minus minus one ten, uh, I think the Niners are absolutely a play um, uh, for all the reasons you said. I think at some point in time there's going to be regression, and at some point in time. Um, you know, the things that should cause points to kind of go in the direction of the opponent will happen to the Ravens, right? So you look at this spot, for example, the Niners get an extra day of rest. Um, the Niners, you know, their defense, like you look at like them defensive front, I think we overvalued how much Aaron Donald singularly meant to the Rams last week. But when you look at, okay, Sebastian Joseph Day and Michael Brockers are just like, okay, guys, yep. right? Whereas you look at the Niners defensive front and they're, you know, they're, they're brilliant from left to right. They're also all big and strong. They're also all big and strong. Not they, as many speed guys. They also don't, Pure speed guys. They also don't require blitzes to get pressure. Yep. Their linebackers are athletic, especially Fred Warner. And they showed last week that they're willing to play man coverage against receivers that don't scare them. And I, and I like Marquise Brown as, as a player, but if I'm playing the Ravens, those are the players I make beat me. I make, right. I make Willie Sneed beat me, right? I make, I make uh, uh, the guy, uh, Seth Roberts beat me, right? I make, and I think the Niners are prepared to do something like that. And in, and in which case they, I don't know. They probably don't stop the Ravens, but they do enough. And then offensively, they're, I think, every bit as unique as the Ravens are. They just don't get the fanfare because the Ravens were the most recent team to be awesome uh, on the stage. So can I six and a half is a playable number for me. I love this spot for the Niners. Now, I've been great at jinxing the Niners all season um, as we march towards Miami, Baltimore. You know, we're getting closer there. But... I'm going to pump the brakes just a little bit. So I think there's two two kind of ways that they could be viewing this game. The first is 
okay, the Ravens, everyone's talking about the Ravens. Everyone should be talking about us. Yeah. We're the better team. So they come in with a little chip they on the shoulder. They go all Kirk Cousins on it. But here's the problem. They then go to New Orleans in a game that whether they win or lose this game is really the one that matters because it's in the NFC because New Orleans is a team that they are going to be competing with for home field. Right. So it is in a way, you know, a little bit of a trap. But here's what I'll point out. In terms of ELO ranking, the Niners are fourth. The Ravens are second. So if you're telling me that this should be, you know, that the Ravens should have to win by a touchdown to cover, I think that's too many points. So if it gets to six and a half. Well, yeah, well, I agree. And and we have this like little heuristic that's on, you know, if you go to PFF Green Line, which I'll just give, give it a little bit away. But like being what the Niners are in ELO means they're about six points better than the average team on a neutral field. The Ravens, where they are in ELO, about about eight. Yep. So that, that pure difference is two. Right now, you're getting you're getting three with this, the three point home field advantage. So again, there's just a numerical v- advantage there, um, and then you add in the the rest differential and and all the, all that kind of stuff. Of course, San Francisco is playing West Coast to East Coast at one o'clock. So there's there's some things that go against them. But I agree with you. I think this is such a fun game, and I and I think if if you want to bet this, the Niners are the right side. We don't necessarily offer value there, but yeah. The worry is that the Ravens blitz a ton, and where Jimmy G has crashes when when the blitz gets pressure he he sputters all right uh the next game that we are going to discuss is the chiefs and the raiders because this game matters probably didn't expect it to matter so this was a game that on sun on on monday morning you nailed the side i nailed the total right Mm -hmm. because you said at 10 this is not going to hold people are going to like the raiders and this is and we're seeing that we see it at nine and a half now the total Early in the week was fifty four and a half. It's now fifty one and a half. So we were saying, okay, this is this might be an under game, um, and and the market cert- certainly agrees there. So this is a this is there's been some jockeying already here. Now, with the Chiefs now laying single digits, where do you stand? I stand um, pretty firmly with Green Line, which is. I think nine and a half is the right number, and I have a real hard time touching it. If I have to bet one side, though, there is no way that I'm not taking Pat Mahomes against the Raiders defense because that is a far bigger advantage for the Chiefs than it is the other side, which is the Raiders versus the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense sucks. But uh, we have been way down on the Chiefs offense this season, and I am not ready to punt on it. So that's where I would go. If you look at the secondary markets here, like if you look at the the, um, basically the price to, to bet the Chiefs to win the AFC West, it tells you an awful lot about what they think about this game. Because to bet the Chiefs to win the AFC West is minus 800, you know, in some spots. And, you know, the, the money line on this game is currently minus 400-ish, right? So, but, but in reality, if the, if the Raiders were to win this game, the AFC West is very much in play. Um, and so I think that this is one of those where people are, are going to be gravitating towards the Raiders in a couple reasons. One is we haven't seen the Chiefs play in a while. The last time we saw them play, Phillip Rivers played like crap, and they still almost won. They would have covered this number. The Raiders are on a bounce-back spot, right? Like yep. the Raiders got drilled against the Jets, um, and, you know, this game's been playing at 125 West Coast time, right? So it's it's very much a, a not a terrible spot for them. And the Chiefs are still all this kind of stuff. I think that they're playing like they're they're trying to entice people to bet the Raiders here. But if you look long term, the Chiefs are the side, in my opinion. So, 
Yeah. That's kind of where I lean. The hard part is, and we talked about this Monday, is when it when a defense is as bad as the Chiefs, it's really hard to lay double to lay multiple scores because there's always that back door open for the other team to score that touchdown that takes it from a two score game to a one score game. I'm with you. Uh, interesting thing, Pat Pat Mahomes has regressed a little bit this season. His negative throw rate is now a top ten figure. It was second to Breeze last season. So yeah. um, there there is some reason to be a little. Uh, I'm sorry, from a clean pocket, there is some reason to be um, you know a little. It's a, a player to a game, right? And and that and that has been the difference between the Chiefs scoring, you know, thirty something points a game and twenty something points a game. All right. Next up, Sunday night, the actual Sunday night game. Our boss, Chris, is going to be doing this game. He doesn't have to do Thanksgiving. We got to work Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to work Thanksgiving. That's how you know you've made it. You can say, "Hey, I, actually, I'm going to take this one off." <laughs> I call the Thursday night game the Mike Tirico game. From now on, who, by the way, is better than every other person? Yeah, I know it's unreal that does that does football games every Sunday. He's like the he's like the one broadcaster besides Chris that could make you watch college football because as much as you did college football, you are always watching the Notre Dame NBC game. True, I do think highly of Mike Tirico. He's also a good dude. Um, the Patriots are going to Houston, going back to NRG Stadium where. Apparently, they made a, a great comeback. I really hope they get down big in this game yeah. uh, so that Chris and Al have to talk about the fact that they were once down 28-3. to three. They are a three-point favorite in Houston. And the Texans, I feel like everyone was pretty high on them. I was really high on Deshaun Watson as an MVP candidate, and everything has just gone like sort of completely to crap. Are you continuing to... like? Do you still have faith in Sean Watson? He's a home underdog, or are you like, ah. yeah? I so this is interesting because it's minus three and a half even money, or minus three minus one twenty. You're in that area here, um, which I think is, I think we'd shade a little bit towards the Patriots, but honestly, it's it's basically break even in those situation in that situation. So, um, I mean. This is a situation where I, I think you you look at Houston, all the signs point in their direction. They're a home underdog. They're coming off of 10 days of rest. New England had a very hard-fought home game in the rain. That was an impressive win, a win they really needed to have in order to Correct. keep the, the AFC supremacy, all that kind of stuff. So you can come back and say, okay, you know, Houston's getting healthier. Houston is, um, you know, Houston needs this more than the Patriots, so on and so forth. And in that spot, I just want to fade all of it and bet the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I like the Patriots here. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard for me not to see Tom Brady having a very easy time against this defense. Well, that's the thing. So if you look at this and say, okay, what could go wrong? So if you pre, um, uh, pre-mortem. pre Yeah, pre-mortem this game. Okay, what went wrong for the Patriots against, against the uh, Ravens? Okay, well... The Ravens are an extremely smart team that outwitted the Patriots. Okay, that's not freaking happening in this game, right? The only way that Houston beats New England is by by sheer, like, being better, right? Yeah. How did Houston beat Indianapolis the other day? Well, they beat Indianapolis because Will Fuller's better than the schmuck that was the second corner for Indianapolis. And Deshaun, and Deshaun Watson hit DeAndre Hopkins a few times over Pierre Desir, who he's far better than, even though Desir's a pretty good player. Stephon Gilmore is not pure Desir, right? So DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to grind out catches in this game. Will Fuller is not somebody that Bill Belichick is going to let beat him. So that side of it, I don't see happening. Yeah. And then 
Baltimore's defense is good enough to make the Patriots pay for mistakes. Houston's is not. Not even close. No, it's it's very interesting. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, this season, you are better off throwing the ball away than targeting Stephon Gilmore's pass rating allowed when you target him is below 39.8. Yeah. Uh, it's nuts. So I'm with you there. Uh, let's go to uh, the Monday night game, which is your Minnesota Vikings team that you want to bet on to win the Super Bowl in Seattle playing the Seattle Seahawks, a game that I believe we watched, we watched last, year last year yeah. at the Ruth Chris in Cincinnati, which was the worst Ruth Chris I have been to ever. Well, we Booger sat next to us at the bar. That's true. <laughs> that might have been it. Told us how much it was either that or the poorly cooked steak. I don't know which one, uh, but we had a good time nonetheless. Which is proof that right, it's important who you invite over to your and my Thanksgiving my, table. My Vikings fan friends, when I revealed that I was rooting for the Seattle to go over their win total for the Vikings to go under theirs, said I wasn't a real fan anymore. Which probably a badge of honor here. Seattle laying three. I was really hoping this was two and a half, but it's minus one hundred five. So clearly, there's some appetite for people to be betting on the Vikings here. Yep, coming um, off a buy. Coming off of a buy. Uh, you know, Seattle is a profoundly flawed team. I would say I will. I'm going to say this every single week. Seattle, honestly, if they're playing any team other than the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, they lose. Yep. I think. Um, you know, Chris Carson's a fumble machine. Uh, you know, Rashad Penny has like Rashad Penny's rounder around the the waist than I am. No, he legitimately makes you look thin. Yeah, and. And there, there's a compliment. There's so much. There's so much there. There, um, they were without Jadavian Clowney. They they really don't have a tight. You know, uh, uh, Wilson missed a wide open Jacob Hollister in the corner that resulted in a field goal. So all this stuff, and yet at the same time, I like Seattle in this game. I you know I and I just uh, you know just basically from a numbers perspective, I I think that the quarterback carries so much here. I am with you in a hostile environment. Kirk Cousins is not my favorite guy, and I know that he's played really, really well, but Russell Wilson has played better. Russell Wilson is the MVP of the National Football League, as great as Lamar Jackson has been, and it has been great. A lot of that is just quite simply the scheme is really awesome, and he is the perfect player to take advantage of it, and Russell Wilson transcends that. He has been undeniably, like it's possible for both of them to be great and one of them to be more valuable than the other. Um Russell Wilson right now, uh, 7% of his throws are big-time throws. 1% of his throws are turnover-worthy plays. So it's just it's nuts. It's crazy, that, uh, that ratio. And as a result, he's carried the Seahawks. I am nervous, though, um, because I just the Seahawks, to me, when they play good teams, they are going to have to grind out a close game. Like, I just don't see them running away from a team. And so the chances of this being a three-point or, you know, one- or two-point game, especially with Pete Field Gold Carroll, scare me. So I'm with you, but it worries me a little bit. I could also – I hate unders, but – uh, I feel like this is an under game. Uh, in I that feel like it plays under too because the the both of the teams like to run the football. Both of the teams like to, um, you know, they're efficient offensively. And the, the thing about unders, it's not so much. And we talked about this with um, with uh, Oakland versus Cincinnati. It's not so much about being a bad offense. It's about being efficient in the correct way for an under. And both of these teams, like especially Minnesota, I would say. You know, run the football. Yeah, Minnesota especially run the football well enough and enough 
to like kill drives yeah. near midfield and punts and those punts uh, really do are, are really conducive to unders and the other thing of course is you talk about Wilson 1.3 turnover worthy play percentage Kirk Cousins is at 2.13 so neither of these teams are going to create a ton of turnovers in the other team side of the field so the under I think is a good play here um, and we see some a, a small amount of value uh, basically yeah a little bit above break even there so yeah, I, this is a compelling game. It'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, for the second straight year on Monday Night Football. Okay, so all the good games, kind of hard to bet. I think we have a couple that we like. But let's run through the rest and see if we can find any that we like more than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start in Carolina. The Carolina Panthers are 9.5-point favorites to the Washington Redskins. And Dwayne, I think he's sort of earning his H back. He's got like half the H now. Yeah. Um, he finally managed to hit Terry McLaurin a couple of times. Yeah. I am still not on the Kyle Allen bandwagon, but I was totally wrong. We were totally wrong about the New Orleans Saints uh, being able to go out and crush them. And it would seem as though they should be able to crush the Washington Redskins because everyone is able to do that. But... Nine and a half is a lot. And the Panthers like to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. And the Redskins like to run the ball. And the total is 39 and a half. And it is hard to win a game by 10 or more points when you are scoring so few in total. So are you with me on the spread skins? Uh, yeah, I mean, at nine and a half, I'd rather have it be 10. But at nine and a half, I think Washington's the side here that the issue that I have is I think if I'm going to bet Carolina is Kyle Allen is not very good and the defense for the Washingtons is nowhere near as bad as people are giving them credit for. True. Um, And in fact, I would say, you know, to play towards the over here, I think both defenses are sufficiently bad for there to be enough big plays for this to go over the, you know, 39 and a half that's currently lined at. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I this is a game that, that is compelling to me from a betting perspective, um, especially if Dwayne, you know, like who's going to I mean, Bradbury's been a pretty good corner this year, but like they have McLaurin, they have Paul Richardson. I, I think that the Washington will get enough points to keep us close. I'm with you. Jets Bengals, the second or worst game of the season, depending on how you view it. Andy Dalton is back. And so. The Jets being three and a half point favorites on the road seems a little bit much to me as much as being on the road, which is this stadium over here, which gets like 200 people a game is kind of a joke. Um, I mean, it, it legitimately is because I come to the office on my way, you know, yeah. about when the 1 p.m. Game, game start and there are more people walking the opposite direction of the stadium than there are walking towards it. It's absolutely comical. There's no one in there. That being said, this is the exact this is almost the exact same spot to me as Oakland going to the Jets last week, being three and a half point favorites to me. um, I think the Bengals are the side uh, and I think there's a very good chance that they get their first win this week. I'm with you. God, that sounds terrible. Oh, my God. Here's the question, though. It's the better quarterback at home getting points. Here's the question, though. Is it lock of the week worthy or is it just article worthy? If we, our lock of the week is the Cincinnati I see. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it as a bet. I really can do. Can I tell you what is a lock of the week option? Okay. The Indianapolis Colts at home against your Tennessee Titans. We have an argument. Um, what, was, what exactly was it? 
I said that Tennessee was better than Indianapolis on a neutral field. Yes. You think Tennessee is just better than Indianapolis, which is absolutely hilarious. So the Colts are just two and a half point favorites, which means the market is right in the middle. They think these teams are basically dead even. Mm -hmm. And I will take all of the Frank Reich futures. This is just what the Titans do. The Titans are, oh, we're going to really impress you this week. And then the next week, we're going to go poop on the field. Yeah, and so if you look at um, some of the underlyings, obviously Tannehill has been great. 127 pass rating when clean. Uh, 5% of his throws have been big-time throws. Only 3% have been uh, turnover-worthy, um, while Brissett is sort of more in that like confined range where he's pretty good when clean, decent when pressured, and then not that many big-time throws. Mm-hmm. The thing that worries me a little bit about this game, because our, you know our numbers like Indianapolis, what worries me about this game is the um, health of T.Y. Hilton. Health of T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. And, you know, via pro football talk, he said he's unsure uh, of this week's status. So, because I think T.Y. Hilton changes things yep. a lot. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't think the loss of Marlon Mack matters at all. I've obviously, Jonathan Williams was more than good enough in his stead last week. Um, but without T.Y. Hilton, it, it's a tough one for me just because I do think that the Titans defense is good enough to stop some of the things that Indianapolis wants to do. That being said, I agree. At the coach, they're, they're, Indianapolis is better, um, and, and that carries a lot in a division game where we know that those things end up pretty close in the end. And this game really matters for the Colts. And yeah, it matters for both teams, for sure. They're both you know at 6-5, and five, I think, fighting for playoff positioning. Right. Um, a chance. Just a chip chair and a chance for one of these teams, yeah. The Bucks go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, the battle of Florida teams that aren't going to tank, I guess. Yeah. The Jags are a one-point favorite uh, at home, and I am enticed, but I am also not an idiot. <laughs> and so I'm just not like James Winston, man. It's such a roller coaster to watch you play. 40, 42 passer rating when pressured. 5.5% of his throws are turnover worthy. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Not, it, but he's like second in the NFL in passing yards, uh, which we again, like that was one thing that we, we sort of uh, said it was a decent future bet. Um, man, but Nick Foles, he, Nick Foles looked like bad Nick Foles last week against oh, Tennessee. He did. Um, this is a game that I will probably look at the score every once in a while but don't need to tune into i don't think there's a ton here other than if you bet the you know bucks over for you know season win total they're in play now uh they have to win three more games but yeah couldn't agree more with you let's move on lord in heaven please uh the eagles and the dolphins yeah let's let's just ignore this game go to green line you can check it out i mean i mean (laughs) better quarterback at home (laughs) <laughs> Stop. I'm not even being that facetious. Carson Wentz in the Eagles offense is so bad. So bad. The Giants at home face the Packers, and they are six and a half point favorites. And this is a game where on Monday morning we were we felt good about this being a get right spot for the Green Bay Packers. This is the team that the Packers are just going to dominate and annihilate after that embarrassing loss. Our models are kind of ambivalent, so I'm just gonna ask you. You have to pick one side, which one are you going with? Uh, lay the points of the Packers. Daniel Jones makes too many mistakes. As our friend Josh wrote on 538, he just literally can't read his own defense. He hates to see it. 
Pittsburgh Steelers are two-point underdogs at home with Duck Hodges against the Cleveland Browns in a rematch of the helmet swinging game. By the way, did you see the Cleveland Browns? So I like the Steelers for one reason and one reason only. The Cleveland Browns in the parking lot before their game had a woman swinging a helmet at a Mason Rudolph pinata. She was having a real normal one. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that and I was like, they're going to get just drilled in Pittsburgh because the karma that you are putting on yourself, the bad juju that is coming with that is going to be too much to overcome. And this is exactly the spot, right? They kill the Dolphins. All is right. They're on the way to the playoffs. And then, uh uh-oh. Yeah, they get they get the beak. Are you with me? <laughs> yeah, I think they get the beak. Yeah. I, I have no. There's no. There's no reason not to think that duck. It's a bill. A bill. Yeah. I don't know. They get the beak. Nick, that is a that is a turnover worthy yeah, yeah. joke. I, that was also a really bad joke. I'm embarrassed for myself, but that was a terrible yeah, joke. Yeah. You got anything else on this game to redeem yourself? No. Bet Pittsburgh on the money line if you like it. It's a duck bill. Look, man. The Los Angeles Rams go to Arizona to face the Arizona Cardinals. I have a question for you that is not super related to this game. Everyone is geeking out about Lamar Jackson running this offense in Baltimore. What would Kyler Murray look like in that offense? Uh, Great. Probably not as good. Although he's a better passer, I think. I think he's not as fast. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't... I think Murray is like a different kind of runner, you know? But I think... I mean, to to Cliff Kingsbury's credit, he's a top five offensive play caller in our metric right now. He's getting a lot of... Six, he's getting a lot of... He's getting a lot more out of Murray than I think most people... I mean, they're a positive EPA per run and pass team this year. Um, this was a terrible offense last year yeah and, and so um i i'm impressed you know and i think he would have success in that ravens offense probably not as much as lamar okay so speaking of this game the cardinals are coming off by face yeah. the rams and are three-point underdogs at home and the the thing is there's such a drastic difference between the ravens and the cardinals that the Rams team can look dramatically different in this game than they did against the Ravens. Yeah. That being said, I have a very hard time, a very hard time with it because they looked so, so, so bad. Yeah. But, but this I think is, there's value. Do you think, okay. So if we look at our ELO ranking, for example, it, yeah, I mean, this is, um, I mean, this makes sense from a, from a pure numbers perspective, you're losing you're obviously Arizona is is gaining the buy right and then the Rams are losing a day mm-hmm. uh, of rest um but this is a bounce back. I mean I, you know the question becomes so again like this is a like stupid trend or angle type of thing but like do the Rams let down because their playoff hopes are basically dead or do they come or is the letdown is, is a bounce back like that's why I think all of these are sort of small sample BS, but that's really what you have to like take into consideration when you look at this game. And, and, and for that reason, I kind of want to lay off just because I just don't know. I, I honestly don't know the motivation of these two teams. Yep. Um, 
the 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 Cardinals seem like a team much similar not to offend you guys but like the 2017 Niners where they went from being awful to having a pulse and down the stretch that team played really well right and they they wanted to prove a point that they're a real NFL team and so they hammered home all these teams that had lack of motivation in that spot and so I could very well see the Cardinals doing that being like look we're actually decent this year we're not two and 14 like we were last year or you know whatever and and, you know make a statement and beat the Rams here so here's the only thing I will say if the Rams lose to the Cardinals here Sean McVay is coaching the the Browns next year we've got a really like people are going to be talking about you couldn't beat the Cardinals mm-hmm. a year after going to the Super Bowl. There are some problems. So I, the motivation to me is there. I think Jared Goff is probably the worst quarterback in this matchup, which is um, which is hilarious. But the Cardinals' defense is awful, so the, the Rams could get healthy here. And uh, uh, so I don't know. I'm the Rams I go back are and currently forth. averaging a negative expected points added per pass play. Just think about that for a second. It's brutal. I mean, it's hilarious. The Cardinals are positive in both the run and the pass, which says a lot about um, that. The Rams offense. have played a tough schedule, and you know, and I think we could be underestimating how much this thing lightening up on them could help them. I'm with you. Uh, the last game uh, that we haven't discussed is Chargers Broncos, and this game is Chargers by three, and I have uh, no feeling either way on that. The only thing I will say is the total is 38 and a half. And that's a very low number. And I think it goes over 38 and a half. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers off of a bye are going to want to get right offensively. And I think Denver is better, although Derwin James is coming back. Denver yep, is probably going to have more um, offense than people envision, you know, especially after last week where they got rolled by uh, Buffalo. I'm with you. Uh, okay, what game do we like? It's a tough week. Man. I am struggling I, with this. I, wish, I have a vote. I have. I think I have my game. I mean, I was going to say the Colts, but the T.Y. Hilton thing yeah. really does... really does bug me. I really like the Niners, but it's six, not six and a half. I really like the Patriots, but I think it's the Patriots for me. Yeah, I'm with you here. Um, I think uh, I think New England is going to um, roll Houston, unfortunately, um, for Houston. So there, there are you know, for me, the the secondary one would have been the Rams, just sort of going against my own intuition, um, you know, and sort of fading recency and everything. Um, but uh, for me, I, I think this is a game where if you are the Patriots, you are afraid of Baltimore catching you. I think there's, there's going to be no lack of motivation here. Belichick against one of his former coaches, you know, it's not perfect. Obviously, he lost to Patricia last year. But, like, again, um, a, a good spot there indoors, right? So, like, we talk about Brady and, you know, sort of, like, you know, maybe a weaker arm, you know, the, the elbow and everything. I don't think that that comes into play inside. And I just don't think Houston is going to be able to beat them when Watson's in the pocket for seven seconds and even the Patriots pass rushers can get there. So I, I, I'm 
totally with you. Okay, so let's let's go ahead. This and- is the Brady returns to glory game. Isaiah Wynn is back. You know, he didn't play great against Dallas, but he was really good in week one. I think he's getting his feet. Well, plus know, Houston doesn't really. I mean, Whitney Merciless is good, but like, I mean, they don't really have the horses anymore with, with Clowney gone and, and, uh, and Watt gone. So I the defensively, like, I mean, I'm sorry, but Bill Belichick's not going to be afraid of Jonathan Joseph and, and Gary on Conley, right? So, you know, I... I, I think that the Patriots, you know, get healthy here, uh, extend their record to what would now be eleven and one. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this. Muhammad's a new questionable. I think he probably plays. So, God help us, please. Yep. <laughs> That's Steve's job. Steve's supposed to be destroying things. All right, that was the Thanksgiving edition. I hope we can still you can still hear us. If not, you're missing out on. The uh, Cincinnati Y. Yeah. Do you have any stories this week? Um, no. Uh, the only issue, uh, you know, our friend Dan was saying, it is very, like, uh, empty there. Um, well, you know why? Thanksgiving. People are not, you know. Oh, I don't think that's why. Oh. The Cincinnati Y is redoing the showers. I think you, I think you have a high opinion of people's cleanliness. The Cincinnati Y are redoing the showers and there have been a couple of days where both sets of showers have been closed now i am not some weak-minded peasant who is going to let uh closure of the showers get in the way of working out yeah so i did a little bit of, of recon i talked to one of the lifeguards who i see uh frequently at the pool i said where is there a shower that i can use so he pointed me in the direction of a bathroom that has a shower. It's basically there's you open the bathroom door and there's like a barrier between where the shower is and then there's like a changing room. So I'm like, okay, great. So I go to uh, the gym. I work out. It's last Friday. And uh, I go downstairs. I get my towel and someone's in there. Which I'm like, okay, I understand it. Someone else found the, the bathroom with the shower. They're getting a shower in. I'm sure they understand that because there's one freaking shower, yeah. they'll be quick. Uh, nope. Sitting there, wait about three minutes. Water's still on. So I knock. Just let them know someone's waiting. Another three minutes go by. It's been six minutes so far. I knock again. This time I really put, put some, uh, some oomph into it. Another three minutes go by. This, this dude has been showering for nine minutes. I'm about to knock. The water turns off. So finally, after nine minutes of running the water, done. Now, the nice thing is that this dude could put a towel on, open the door, let me shower while he changes. Because that's how the bathroom is constructed. But no. So at this point, I know this dude can hear me. I am... I'm banging on the door. I'm if this guy's changing, he has got to be terrified. I was like, I am going to you better be scared when you walk out of this bathroom. I said, I am not leaving. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you think you're gonna wait me out, I am not leaving. I will be here until you come out. This peasant munchkin walks out of there with just jeans on. He looks like a a midget teletubby. I mean, it is an embarrassment. No shirt on, comes waddling out, won't even look at me. 
won't even look at me. And I am just, I am MFing this dude into the earth's crust. I follow him into the locker room yeah. for a, a good, like, five steps before I go and take my shower. I hope this dude... I hope everything goes wrong for this dude. Gosh. I waited 15 minutes to take a I shower. That, that's... Un, that's this, it, dude, this was such a bad... This made me so angry that it beat out the story of a woman talking about how she's a vegan and what that means for her Thanksgiving for an entirety of a workout uh, a couple mornings ago. That's how, that's how angry this dude made me. At least, if you're going to be... Uh, if you're going to go orthogonal to norms in a locker room, at least have the decency to look that person in the face and say, do you have a problem with me? Right? Because if this person stepped out and yep. said, hey, George, you got a freaking problem with that? Then yeah. I would have more respect for him than just to be like this little like mousy guy that's like, take you know, like being, you know, protected by society, which is fine. But like, Yeah. Because, you know, that guy the other week was like, why are you taking up, you know, why are you taking up this common area? And I'm like, you got a problem with it? I was terrified that he was going to be this massive dude. Then I thought about all the people I've seen at the YMCA and I realized that ain't that You, ain't made, you made a very uh, statistical, uh, you know, uh, yeah. judgment there. So. There's only, here's the thing. There's only one guy that works out there regularly who is like bigger, stronger, faster in every facet. Dude, we played basketball with. Mm-hmm. Guy's a machine. But I already saw him working out, so I knew it wasn't him. Anyways, that is our show for this week. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will be back with you guys on Sunday night. Uh, go, go Pats. Go Pats. Get ready for the tastiest breakfast under the sun. New Jimmy Dean Casserole Bites. All the homemade flavors of a breakfast casserole packed into a poppable bite. And you know something else? They taste good. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.